Hello all and welcome to the second episode of Front Page Fantasy. We are back and this time it's going to be a big episode on the dub, previewing them as of course they're going to be starting this week. It's going to be Central Coast up against Newcastle Jets. Today I'm again joined with the one and only Cody Ajada, who's going to be helping me a lot. How are you Cody? I'm doing good Jake and may I say great intro. I know you were a bit nervous about it two seconds ago with how it all worked but um, Thanks, great stuff mate, great stuff. I, I, I appreciate that so much, mate. Uh, you know, it's, uh, maybe I'll just mate, you've got me on a pod, mate. You know, I'm throwing banter around. <laughs> just, just coming at me hard here, you know. But, uh, anyways, how are you feeling for the season coming back? Are you excited? And also, back. I would, I would definitely recommend all of you to, if you want to hear a non-fantasy preview of the dub, front page dub came out. Listen to it just before was fantastic. Definitely would recommend that. Plug for you there, Cody. I appreciate it. And look, I'd say that's probably more analytical view in terms of how the sides are set up and how they're going to play. But when it's me and Matt Olsen, it's definitely a lot more lighthearted chat than real in-depth analysis, although he did have some very, very good insights on a lot of the different sides. We're obviously going to preview the last six teams tomorrow, actually. I'm not sure when this will get posted, but from when we record, the next night is when we record front page dubs. So look, a little bit of a busy week for me, but hey, the football season's back. That's what preseason does to you. You're here, there, everywhere. And look, you know the go, mate. We both don't do this full time. We both got our own nine to five jobs or whatever we need to do, studies and all that as well. But we come together to enjoy football and to enjoy Australian football. So that's a beautiful part about this time of the year. It's about things that are kicking off. We're getting excited. We're talking about fantasy. What, what, better, what more could you ask out of life right now? Like I'm talking football. Like this is brilliant. Right, you're going to put tear my, tears in my eyes, mate. This is, this is just. It wouldn't be the first time. I've done that to Matt a few times. <laughs> you're just an expert at it, mate. Jeez, it's just so profound and beautiful. But, I love uh, making people cry. It's a specialty. It's a specialty. But, um, as much as I love this chat, Cody, mate, we have a huge episode today. We're going to be going through every single team. We're going to obviously, maybe not every single player, as much as I would love to do that. Um, unfortunately, that's going to take probably 24 hours to do. So we're just going to go through each team. We're going to look at some of the interesting points there, some maybe players to keep an eye on. That could be some good bargains, maybe some plays to avoid, the whole lot. So anyways, without any further ado, let's get it started, Cody. Adelaide United, looking at their team, they have quite a cheap squad at the moment. Nanoki Sasaki um, is the most expensive player at the moment at $272,000. So what are we thinking about Adelaide? Obviously, Maybe a team that's not expected to be at the top of the league, but could there be some you know cheap bargains there to pick up? Well, there's not that whole squad in the um, game yet, actually. I've noticed uh, Sarah Morgan isn't listed yet, and that's someone who, if you ask actually one of our other riders, Antonis Pagonis, he's had some really good things about, to say about her in preseason. Not sure what, she, what role she's going to play yet, so it's hard to judge whether she'd be a good get yet or not. But um. There's definitely some bargains here. In Adelaide, it's one of those hot and cold hit and miss sides. You don't necessarily know how they're going to perform. It's it's a side that if they do really well, they could really push for the six. I know that maybe not have been exactly what we said in front page dub, but since we recorded front page dub, they've basically signed a team. It, it definitely looks a lot different to how we talked about them a couple of weeks ago. So there's definitely a chance if everything clicks, they could push for finals. And I said it on the last time I was with you, if you think a team's going to make the six, odds are you're going to want one or two of their players in your fantasy team. And there's a lot of players here who you can get for not just under 200k, under 175, which is a massive bargain. Amelia Murray here, I don't know why she's listed as no points of 22-23, but Amelia Murray's here listed for 150k. That is a steal. 
And you've got Katie Bolla there who's 174. That's even a decent bargain for her. I think she's set for a big season. But Amelia Murray, who's already had that breakout season in the A-League, to be so low, I'm a little bit surprised, but it's only to an advantage of the player because that's someone that you'd snap up, even if you don't think LA's going to make the six, because for that price, she'll get you more than 75 points this season. I can always guarantee that. And 450k, you take it. Well, then, along with that, you have a couple of quite cheap options in the attack. Alani Jansevski, $174,000. Hannah Blake, $209,000. Would you maybe be looking at them as maybe an outside sort of differential option? Obviously, they're maybe not going to be the most popular picks. Yeah, I think, look, I don't know if I'd go for either of them straight away. I'd, th- I'd be interested to see, after a couple of games, who looks like the more focal point of the team. Because, you know, for 200 k if you're getting a side starting striker, that's that's a decent price for someone that's going to be the focal point of a team. I've kind of forgotten about Hannah Blake a little bit, and usually when I'm talking about Adelaide, I'm like, yep, Janseski's the main person. That's who you want to look at. That's who is going to score their goals. But Hannah Blake could really be that person for him as well. But Alani Janseski in a side last year where she didn't have as big a role as what I'm anticipating she's going to have at Adelaide this year, still got you 80 points. So there's scope for her to increase at this year, even if Adelaide don't do as well as that first side that she was a part of. There's 475k or 174 if you want to get really technical. 174.1. For that price, it's not a bad option. I think that's sadly. So I think the only thing that goes against it is Adelaide may not score a lot of goals this year. And do you want to waste one of your three striker spots on a team, on a striker of a team that's not overly prolific? But definitely not a bad option, especially if Adelaide start picking up points because if they do, one of their strikers is here for either 210k or less, that's that's good That's good value for money for a side that could potentially make finals. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think in general, with it being such a cheap squad, I think it's picking those players that, yeah, you know, maybe at the start, don't pick as many, but over the season, I'm sure these people are going to be, you know, priced super cheaply, like you've said, $150,000 for some of their you know, star players. Um, if you can pick them it's up... a balance you've got to find where if Adelaide do start doing well, you've got to pick them up before their price really goes through the roof as well, because... I know for a fact, Emilia Murray will not be 150k by round five. There we go. That's the big tip there for Adelaide, I reckon. Emilia Murray. Well, anyways, we're moving on now to Brisbane Raw. Maybe a team with a little bit more firepower and higher prices, shall we say. Tamiki Yallop leading the line, $348,000. Followed by Holly Palmer, $302,000. Two midfielders there. Cody, do you go for Tamiki Yallop? Obviously, she has been overseas playing for a bit. She coming back. Do you think that she can maybe make that impact and sort of justify that, you know, pretty big plus tag? It's a hard one because she's not someone that you look at and go, okay, yep, she's going to be the focal point of that midfield. She's going to be the one creating everything. She is more of an industrious midfielder, but one of the things that's probably stands out most about this game is they the points to get rewarded for those players that do get involved a bit more defensively. I noticed last year a lot of the players that were picking up the most points in a week were actually defenders. Obviously, ones that scored get a lot more points than strikers, but even then, it feels like um, defensive efforts were getting rewarded quite justly. And there's three options here in Brisbane midfield. And like I said, if you, if you think your side's going to be in the six, odds are you're putting one of their players in your team. I think Brisbane Royals got a very good chance of making the six, so I'm looking for someone here. And if I'm looking for a midfielder, Tamiki Alice, 148k, but for exactly 100k less, you could get Aisha Nori, who herself picked up 108 points last year. Now, for a defensive midfielder, great value. And you're talking about a side. That's the thing with fantasy games. If you're in a partnership in a certain position, 
if one player does well, their partner could be rewarded with points, you know, in terms of like clean sheets, maybe not necessarily individual stuff, but there's scope there for a player to be rewarded based on a team's effort. And Aishinori could be that person if the prison's midfield's ticking and you don't want to, you don't have the funds for it to make a gallop. Aishinori could benefit from having her right next to her because you're picking up some similar points. I guess that's probably the point you'd make. Um, Holly Palmer in there for 302k. Someone that I'd avoid, especially in the early rounds of the season, not because I don't rate her as a player. She's actually a fantastic player, but, um, she's actually had some injuries over the offseason. So a little bit of a scoop there. I don't know how well publicized it is, but I did see something on her Instagram recently where she was recovering from a foot injury. I uh, believe she should be ready for round one, but fitness could still play a part with how many minutes she's going to get. So few concerns there, but Asia Nori, definitely my pickup in that Brisbane uh, midfield. Good, very, very good tips there, especially that mid- the injury. You know that that could definitely be a factor that maybe benches her, or at least yeah, you know, maybe affects her performances for a bit. But maybe I'm never one for exclusive news anyway, so this feels really weird. <laughs> there we go. We got, a, we got a big scoop there. You know, uh, there we go. Thank you, Cody. Cody Fabrizio Romano here. Look at this. <laughs> Anyways, moving along, we have I think interestingly the goalkeeper situation is quite fascinating. They have three goalkeepers priced at one hundred sixty-five thousand dollars. And then Mia Bailey at $155,000. Who do you see claiming that number one position for Brisbane? I really like Isabel Shuttleworth, but I believe there is an American keeper that they've brought in, and I can't remember the name off the top of my head. I don't know if it's that Silka Witz that they've got listed there or if there's another name that's just not in the game yet. But look, if you bring in a visa goalkeeper, obviously they're the one that's going to start. I do apologize. I don't know this off the top of my head. Um, it is, the name has just escaped me, but unfortunately... Um, Shuttleworth and Richards, I don't think either of them will be the starting keeper this season. And, you know, you're talking about replacing someone like Hensley Hancock. Whoever is coming in there is going to have a massive task on their hands. Hancock was a gem in fantasy last year. You're talking about someone that was getting a lot of action and was getting rewarded for it too. She was playing really, really well. So whoever comes into that role, if Brisbane are shaping up similar to what they were last year, definitely... I'd be looking to put them in my fantasy team as well. It depends on how other keepers go. It depends on... There's a whole multitude of factors that you've got to take into account with this, but I don't know if I'd go for a Brisbane keeper right off the bat. I think that's one I'd probably wait on and see. Yep, give it a few weeks, see what's happening, see what other keepers are in form. But if there's a Brisbane keeper that is doing quite well, at the end, like, they're only 165k right now. Whoever's the exciting keeper is, their price is eventually going to skyrocket ahead of the other two. So... If you're hinting something early, once you know who their starting keeper is going to be, you'd probably pick him up straight away. It could really be the Sukowitz. That's who I'm. But um, yeah, look, if you're back in Brisbane to be resolute defensively, maybe put him in now. It's not a gamble that I'm going to take personally, though. I've got other keepers and other bargain keepers that I think are a little bit better that we'll get into eventually as well. But um, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's a good pickup actually. I didn't know that know that notice that myself in terms of um the price of those keepers. That's actually. It's interesting because you think if there's a visa keeper, they'd be at least put a 200k straight away. Like, you know, they're going to start, they're going to play 90 minutes every week, barring injury, of course. But very, very interesting how they've done that. I'll say that much. Mm, to confirm, it is John Silkowitz is that American import keeper. So that could definitely be a big, big one to watch. Well, there you go. If you're, if you're back in Brisbane for round one, maybe uh, gamble on it now. But it's not a gamble I'm going to take personally. Fair enough, fair enough. And yeah, like you said, there's also a key. Obviously, at the end as well, we're going to reveal our teams. We're going to reveal maybe our personal bargains in goals. I'm, I'm pretty confident in my one. But anyways, moving along, we have Canberra United here who have a very, very, very expensive team. We have two players, price over 450000 First, Vesna Miller, 
I, I'm so bad at pronouncing. I'm sorry, Vesna. I'll try my best. Vesna Milosevic, Milosevic, $483,000 for her. And then Michelle Heyman, obviously an all-timer here. Like, she's a very, very safe pick. $450,000. Cody, are you going for one of these two? I've got a story to tell you first. The first time I ever tried to say Vesna Milosevic's um, name on front page dub, I screwed it up as well. So <laughs> I think that's that's a new branch of the FPF curse right there. Vesna, we apologize. We do really like you as a footballer. Cool. But um, no, there's still a lot to like about this. Uh, how do I say this? Vesna and Heyman, they're obviously the two most expensive players. I'll be honest. If you can, if you're going to splash the cash on someone, you go for at least one of these two. They are both very, very fantastic players. And from memory as well, I can't remember the amount of points they got last season in front of me, but I'm going to get to that in a second. They were arguably the most exciting duo in the competition last season. You're adding Maria Rojas to that now. They're both going to get more goals. They're both going to get more assists. There's a good chance that this Canberra side is going to end up closer to the top four, or even top three this year. There's a lot to be excited about this team, and it comes from those two. They're pricey, but you know, you're know you always going to have the chance to... You're, there's going to be one player that you splash the cash on, and these two are prime candidates for them to be that person for your team because they're going to pick up at least 200 points. Like it's, It'll be something borderline ridiculous. So... If you're going to spend 400k on a player, one of these two is probably the, the option to go with. Definitely some good setting for get options there. They expect to be starting week in, week out, assuming they stay healthy, and they're going to be racking up you know, plenty of points, as you can imagine. Goals and assists, whatever you need, they've got it. And then anyways, following along, we have Chloe Lincoln, who is probably one of the higher-touted younger goalkeepers in the competition. $270,000, pretty expensive, but do you maybe splash the cash on her as another sort of safe and set-and-forget option? Now, I don't know if she's expensive compared to some other goalkeepers in the league, but um, I know one thing that you mentioned is having her and Keely Segavcic. Uh, there we go. I'm bundling my names as well today. There we go. Having them as a goalkeeper duo. And one interesting with, thing with Chloe Lincoln is she's also the under-23s keeper. So if there's ever a time where they're playing outside of the international windows, suddenly she's not available. Segavcic, did it again, will definitely come into play. So it could be a duo that you put in. I think one of the best things about Ailey Fantasy, and it could be some one of the worst things, it depends on how you look at it, I guess, but one thing that differs from a traditional fantasy game is you can have more than three players from a team. So if you're looking at Canberra being a decent side, you don't need to waste two of your Canberra spots on both their goalkeepers. You can do that and then pick up your Rojas's, your Heyman, your Milivojevic's, um, or anyone else that you're looking at. So it's an option, definitely. Chloe Lincoln, but she's a fantastic keeper. Up there, definitely the best young keeper in the comp. Maybe even arguably up there with the best, up there in that upper echelon at the very least. Not a bad option. Look, if I had the funds for her, if I had the way to work her in, I probably would take her myself. I'm not going to say she's in my team, but she definitely was in my thought process. She was an option, and she could be an option for anyone else. It Everything's obviously going to depend on what you're prioritizing, if you're going to prioritize the expensive keeper. But if you don't want to spend more than 300 county keeper, if you don't want to put your funds there, Chloe Lincoln's definitely a good option. She's definitely was my keeper until we, again, I'm, I keep previewing it, but there's another really, really good goalkeeper to think about later. But uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of really, really good options there for Canberra. I think a team that's expected to finish right at the top definitely would not be the worst idea to get a lot of their assets into the team. But moving along, we have a team that's brand new, Central Coast. Obviously, they used to play ages ago, but they have returned. And do you think that because they are such an unknown entity, we don't really know what to expect from them? Do you? Maybe go for one of the assets, like we have Kaya Simon, for example, $348,000, which to be fair, looks pretty reasonably priced for a player of her quality. 
but of course she's returning from injury. Do you maybe take a bit of a risk, a bit of a punt on this team, or do you maybe give them a couple of weeks to see what they're all about and then go for them? Definitely give them a couple of weeks. I wouldn't be bursting at the scenes on the Mariners just yet. I, there's a lot of quality in this team, don't get me wrong, but to go for a player in a side that hasn't really gelled together straight away may not be your best option. You're talking about Kai Summer being so expensive, and there's a striker here in Rollabatawea who's only 165k. That's that's your striker there. If you want a decent option up front, who's going to score your goals? And Kai Simon, from what I've heard, looks like she's actually going to be out for the first few weeks. So you don't want to spend 348k on a player that's going to be injured. There we go. Kind of another exclusive. That's released on another podcast that will be coming out later this week. Um, sorry, Christian, I do sometimes work elsewhere. But no, look, I I wouldn't be bursting at like I said, I wouldn't be bursting at the seams for any Mariners players just yet. You want to see how that side goes, and I don't think there's going to be anyone in that team that really shoots through the roof in the first five rounds. It's a side that you can kind of take your time with and almost observe, because Mariners, at least for me, I don't think they're a top six side just yet, so they're not someone that I'm going to want to go and splash to catch on, especially for Kai Simon, 348k. We don't know if this Mariners side can score goals, so we don't know if it's worth, if you're going to get that um, ROI return on investment on someone like Kai Simon. But if you do want to, if you back the Mariners, and you want someone that is going to score their goals, I wouldn't even be going for Kai Simon because, you know, she's getting to an age where fitness is starting starting to catch up with her. Obviously, she's going to be, um, she's still returning from injury. She may still not even be ready for the start of the season. If I'm investing in it, I'm investing in Rolla Butterweer. Definitely a lot of really, really cheap players there that, uh, you know, touted to have quite big seasons. Peter Trimus, Maya Lobo in defense, and then even Isabel Gomez, who's been highly touted uh, in their midfields. Maybe some picks, again, if you don't have a lot of money left and you're sort of gone for those bargain picks, they could be some really, really good picks that get up some frequent minutes and maybe for double in price. Who knows? Well, let's, let's hope. You know, uh, Izzy Gomez is straight out of the um, Matt Olsen playbook, isn't it? Yes, yes. He's a very, very big proponent. I, I trust Matt's word with all of my heart. He's a very, very wise man. So whatever he says goes, I reckon. But uh, That's yeah. high praise for him. I'm sure he'll take that. Oh, Matt is the goat. Um, I absolutely love Matt, and I, I, I would also love him to have him on this podcast. But he is not a big fantasy, uh, fan, which is such a shame. So hopefully this this season series can uh, win him over a little bit. That'd be that'd be good to get him on it because I can be good at it. He's a he's a very wise man. But moving along, we have probably almost in a way polar opposites. Not not the Central Coast are necessarily a bad team. Obviously, just brand new. But then we have one of the top teams here in Melbourne City, a team that, like Matt has said in the uh, dub podcast. Someone you expect, like it is, it's almost an expectation that they're going to finish right at the top of the league. And if they, if they even fit, get an away final, it is an absolute shambolic performance. So maybe that security is exactly what you need in a game like fantasy, where if you're going to be investing these big bucks in their players, you want to be getting consistent performance out of them. And looking at their attack there, Policiana, McNamara, Wilkinson, all priced over 300k. Surely you're going to get at least one of them in your team. No, well, look. I mentioned before that in this game, obviously, you can have more than three players from one club in terms of, you know, compared to, say, uh, Fantasy Premier League. I'm going to hint at this. This may be the team that I have taken advantage of that for. There's a number of star players in this side. And look, there's not necessarily some cheap options. I don't know if there's many bargains per se that you're going to go for. But what you are going to get is a side that is probably a little bit more attack-minded. And with a lot of quality going forward, someone like Holly McNamara, who, if she's fully fit, could arguably be arguably be the best attacker in this competition. 373k doesn't sound like a bargain, but if she plays at her best and she's getting goals week in, week out, and assists week in, week out, 
she's going to get your points very very quickly. And you compare it to, say, someone like Michelle Heyman, who I said was worth taking a punt on at the start. If you can't go for that far, if you can't go for that 450k player because you want that more of an even spread, Holly McNamara is your girl. And even someone like Polisina, I can't think of a price off the top of my head, unfortunately. I know you've got it written down in front of you, so that's why I'm going to put that to you. <laughs> um, that's someone as well who's always at the center of everything that City do, even if she's not getting a goal or an assist. She's still getting a performance worthy of getting five, ten points in a, in a single match week, which isn't a bad return for someone of her quality. So definitely a lot, lot to like about the City side. It's a side I rate highly in terms of how they play. Still iffy about how far they'll go this season. There, It's not a perfect team, but what they do have is a lot of quality and a lot of excitement and a lot of potential for points because one thing they can do is score goals, and a lot of them. It was Policiana you wanted the check on, right? Yes. $380,000. Sorry, I, I missed that. But anyways, for uh, City, obviously, as such a good team, it's always a good idea maybe to get for the bigger teams, you know, maybe not necessarily, like I think a good example is someone like Tom Glover, who maybe wasn't necessarily ever the best goalkeeper in the A-League. However, because he was a part of such a strong team, he always got some of the top points in goals. And I think that's the same here for City when with Barbieri returning. She's 217,000. And then you have, again, a name I might butcher here, Lysiane Prol. I'm not sure. I, th- I believe she's... Prully. What was that? Prully. Prully. I hope so, anyway. I, 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 I would have never thought that's how you pronounce it. Bro, that. those Frenches with the X's, man. I've got no yeah. clue. It is baffling, but Prully. Well, one thing about that, I'm pretty sure Prully, that's what I'm going with. I don't care if it's right or not. I'm pretty sure Prully will be their starting keeper this year. So 203k. For a starter keeper, like we're talking about, uh, Chloe Lincoln being a decent get, really could be that underrated option. Like you said, um, Tom Glover was in a side that was just able to keep clean sheets every week, so he was able to pick up points that way. If City's defense clicks together, there's no saying she can't do that either. Definitely a very, very, very big pick to make there, as obviously there's a lot of really, really good picks and goals, but probably if she's good and she's a part of such a good Melbourne City side, she's going to get points. And I think that's, yeah, where, like Cody says, you use the fact you can pick more than three players in a team to your advantage because these city players, if they have a strong season, if they are doing what Matt you know, expects them to be doing, they're going to be racking up plenty of points for you and uh, really pushing you ahead of you know maybe some of the other people in your leagues. And now we're moving to the other side of the city in Melbourne Victory, who maybe don't have as star-studded of an attack, let's say, but they have some new signings, obviously in Emily Gilnick, a former Matilda there, and we have Perea Aquino. 165k for her. She looks like an absolute bargain, and I noticed I think she scored in preseason as well, so that's pretty promising there. Cody, how are we feeling about, obviously, with Melinda Ayres leaving, it does leave a bit of a hole in the attack, but do you see one of these players stepping in and sort of replacing almost what Melinda Ayres did? Well, I said this, I can't remember if I said it with front page football or if I said it somewhere else, but if you're going to get rid of Melinda Ayres, and I may have actually just said this in person to someone just casually, if you're going to get rid of Melina Ayres, Correo Aquino is probably the best player that you could have brought in to replace her. 30 goals in the MPL season. Someone who I don't know if she's going to have a stellar start to the season straight away, but she will score goals quickly, even if it's not the amount of goals that she scored at the MPL level. But her price will go quickly. I've got a uh, uh, small hint. I've got her in my team. I don't know if I'm going to be putting her on the pitch just yet, but she's in there because I know in six or seven weeks she could be at 200k or that uh, a little bit of a higher mark and i want to keep her at that slightly lower price because that way it gives me the opportunity to splint, uh, splash the cash elsewhere but someone that i'd be investing in early personally i think 
Melbourne Victory, they do have a very balanced and well-rounded squad. One thing that excites me about them is their defense looks very, very well put together. And there's opportunity there. I don't think they're going to concede a lot of goals. So if you're going to stack up on defenders from one club, I'd be looking at least getting two defensive players in for a Melbourne Victory. I think that that'll be a part of their team that does win you a lot of points. Um, I can say I've got two defensive players from that club in my side already. There's a couple more hints I'll let, um, let out there, but, um, a few decent bargains there. Just Nash and Jamila Rankin around that 180 to 200k mark for fullbacks, which considering the points they got last year, um, 79 and 87 respectively, definitely decent gets. Uh, Lydia Williams, a little bit pricey for a goalkeeper, but if it's an area you want to invest in, definitely a good option. We know she's fantastic quality. Um, maybe struggled for match minutes in the last couple of years, but at an A-League level, she's always stepped up. She's always been part of winning teams. She brings that mentality. She's someone that will be, definitely won't be a poor option to have in your team. And to hop on that with the goalkeepers, Miranda Templeman's quite a popular pick at the moment. However, she's probably going to be a backup and she's currently priced at a very, very similar price as Chloe Lincoln. So it's probably one to maybe avoid as I don't know how many minutes she's going to be getting. However, obviously she does win the position. Could be a good pick, but at least for now, probably one to you know, sort of stay away from. Look, I like that she's rated highly for a sub-keeper, but um, 6% of people have got her in their team, which is a little bit surprising. Maybe they're doing that thing that you suggested to me off-air where, you know, maybe you sign a team starting keeper and their sub-keeper, so if one doesn't play, the other one just comes in straight away and you know that's going to be who steps in. But, yeah, a little that's bit surprising. So, like, six people, that's six and a hundred people. That's almost, that's more than one in 20 people having Miranda Tolberman in their side for a sub-keeper. Very, very interesting to say the least. But you, you know, Lydia Williams is going to start unless there's an injury cloud there that I don't know about. Um, Lydia Williams is your girl, basically, for Melbourne Victory at least. Yeah, it's, it's a very, very interesting call if people are doing that. That is almost yeah over nearly six hundred thousand dollars to be using on your goalkeeper position, which is very, very, very rare. So That's I would nuts. probably say to avoid it. But uh, if you're just super confident in the victory keeping department this season, hey, I'm not going to stop you. You know, fair enough. Go, go you. But uh, anyways, there's a couple of other cheap picks here, maybe. Uh, Lana Murphy in the midfield. She's a very, very promising young player, only 200k. Another one you mentioned was Emma Checker in the defense. You probably expect her to be starting at center back. Very, very highly touted player. That could be a very, very good pick there too. So there's a lot of surprisingly bargains in this victory side. You know, as a team that's going to be expected to be finishing right around the top this season. Anyways, now we'll move on to the Newcastle Jets, who obviously made a big, big signing in Melinda Ayres. Obviously, we just mentioned just before, $434,000. Cody, as I put my notes here, yay or nay for this one? Honestly, I like Melinda Ayres as a footballer, but for 434 k in a Newcastle Jets side, who I'm predicting to be closer to the bottom of the ladder, that's it's got to be a nay. Look, 122 points last year when she was kind of half fit. God knows where she would have gotten if she actually was fit for a whole season. But in this Newcastle side, I don't know if she's going to have the same impact that she did at Victory. At Victory, she had a number of players around her that can help get the best out of her. At Jets, I don't know if it's going to be the same. Look, Lauren Allen's there. He'll be feeding her. Lauren Allen's a great player herself. But for those two, 434 and 350, um, respectively, I don't know if that's honestly worth it. At least in my point of view, if you back Newcastle Jets, maybe you invest there, but that's roughly the same price as Michelle Heyman. Like, that's what we're talking here, those kinds of numbers. Well, I think Newcastle would be, be a really, really good pick because it seems like they have two Lorena Bowmans in their defense, according to Fantasy at least. 
I found a very, very, very interesting um point here where oh not only is there two Lorena Bellmans, the thing that's really fascinating is, firstly, one has two R's uh, in the Lorena, and then only one N in the Bellman, and then the other one only has one R uh, in the Lorena, and then two N's in the Bellman. And not only that, one's priced at $348,000, one's priced at $176,000. Cody, what the hell has happened there? That's the thing that's gotten me. They're the fact that they're so wildly different in price. Like, that that would make me think, okay, if they're maybe, like, on the off chance there's two people with the same That's what name. I thought. I thought there was actually two. <laughs> but, like, if you're looking at the same, like, they've looked at it at one stage and gone, yep, she needs to be high. And the other one, it's like, okay, yeah, now she can go. But they're talking about the same person here. So, how much have they actually put, how much thought have they actually put into her price? That's what I want to know. But it's... Very weird. Like when, if you put one of them in and not the other, who gets the points as well? Like, I if you selected the 170k one and then 300, I'd be pissed. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking e- even if you're a big Lorena Bellman fan, maybe that's one to steer clear of, at least for the first round or two until they clear that up. Just as... until you know which one's actually like being used for the exactly. points at least. Or put them both in. Maybe you're a really big Lorena Bellman fan. If it's the one for $176,000, to be fair, that actually could be a pretty decent pick, to be fair. Surely they at least go, okay, yeah, the one that went with the cheaper one, like, that's our mistake. We'll give them that one. Imagine if someone put Lorena Bellman in 176k, and then the 348k was the one kept in the game, and that person lost a cheap defender, and now they've got to spend 200k extra to get that player in that they wanted. Like, surely they go, nah, you know what, the ones that spent 350 will give them a bargain. Like, be fair. Be fair, please. That would be the nice thing to do, at least, but we'll see with that. It, it does seem to be fair. Maybe she's the most popular pick at the moment. Only 1% of players have her, but I'd say if you are in that 1%, I'd probably steer clear for now until we know what's going on there. Uh, Maybe there 2% because other... the other one has 1% as well, and I, d- yeah, I don't know how many people are putting both in. percent there, so... Yeah, I, I, I'd probably steer clear. Anyways, before we move off them, is there any other maybe interesting cheap picks as unknown goals? They have some pretty cheap picks there. Defense, or even the, the whole park, they have a lot of maybe cheap options that could potentially grow in price. I don't think that it, maybe cheap in terms of the team. I don't know necessarily. Look at the keepers. I don't know how the situation is going to work this year. That's probably the biggest thing for me. Mm. And Jets aren't a team that I'm anticipating to keep a lot of clean sheets or do overly well defensively but um one person that's probably caught my eye a little bit is libby copas brown 195k someone who can be a real driving force in a team just spend some time in england to come back from there could be a decent player um if everything kind of clicks for her i feel like everything that kind of goes through midfield will go through her in a similar way to say someone like rana policina for melbourne city obviously not at the same level mm-hmm. but in that same kind of similar style of play that's the best way i could describe it 200k if Jets do well, she'll be a driving force of us. I should get points. Unfortunately, Jets players aren't on the top of my shopping list. That's probably the biggest thing that I can say about the Jets team. Yeah, neither here. I don't currently have any of my uh, roster, but I'm more than happy for that to change, maybe if they have a good start the season. But for now, I think probably heading into the season, we'll probably steer clear. Moving on to a team that I have quite a bit in, Perth Glory. They have a pretty, pretty good uh, roster at the moment. They have a lot of pretty expensive players here. Isabella Folletta, $400,000. Elizabeth Anton, $300,000. And then in midfield, Grace Jail, Hannah Lowry. Then we have a player that I don't know how on earth she's still in the game, Riley Baisden, $500,000. I was having a look. She was even mentioned in their, you know, their squad numbers or anything. It seems she's gone. It, it, it does not look like she's going to be playing for them this season. Yet she's still the most expensive player in the game. 
And to be fair, only 3% of people have picked her. But if you're in that 3%, that is $500,000 down the drain. Not a very, very good start to your A-League season or your A-League fantasy season. I just want to know who those 3% is. I just want to talk, man. Like, she hasn't played in the league since 2022. She's nowhere near Australia at the moment. I know some people are saying that hope she can come back, but I don't think so unless it's announced, like, tomorrow or something and we suddenly look really, really stupid. But... Slight chance that's not happening. No, it's, um, and it's something we brought up on the last podcast as well, and they still haven't yeah, made, still haven't still rectified there. it. And the fact that she's the most expensive player as well, it's really, really funny. Um, another name you threw in there actually, um, Isabella Faletta, someone who I was a big fan of last year, I thought had a really, really good season. Um, a little bit surprised she is as highly rated as she is, although 10.3 points per game. But the only reason why maybe I was concerned about it was because you know, she was still kind of coming into the team last year. She wasn't really signed as a real star player, but she could be that player for um, Perth Glory this year. But there are other options in there. I think Natasha Rigby, very consistent player, always up there with the be- um near the best defenders in the competition. I won't say is, but um 285k. If Perth do well, she'll be at the center of it, so she could be a decent pickup. I don't know if I'd go for Faletta, just purely the price is probably what puts me off. But um, look, if she starts the season the way she ended it last year, I could look really silly because she could be getting those 10.3 points per game again and suddenly she's your best option. So it all it all comes down to what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks. Definitely round one will be interesting because I don't think they'll be keeping a clean sheet against Western United, so maybe something you avoid at least in the early rounds. But um, no, there's definitely some decent options in there. You've still got Jale as well, who's moved over from um Canberra United, 11.5 points per game last year, 195 total. 449k, like I said before, there's other players you can get for that price. Milivojevic being with the most notable one. There's definitely, um, some bargains in there. Uh, Susan Fonsonkam, 165k. She's someone who really should be getting a lot of minutes and will be doing well with those minutes as well. Often playing further forward as well. She can, um, fill in as a striker. So if you want a midfielder who's actually going to get, um, you a lot of goals, that's probably someone to look at. Millie Farrow, 348k, maybe a bit pricey for the level that she's coming from, but someone who I do tip to have a big season, actually. Maybe a Claudia Mihacic, maybe? Someone who I think is going to have a good season. Don't know how I'd go for fantasy. She's in 2% of teams. There's people backing her. I can guarantee you, Kiri Niap, if you're listening. I know she's in your team. You're one of those 2%. <laughs> um, no, don't look, a player I like. Um, fantasy is a different ball game, though. You need someone who's going to get your points, not someone that's just going to be a good player, and look, those ones that are really just trying to announce themselves are always a bit of a gamble, so I don't know if I'd go there just yet, but hey, it's one to keep an eye on. We've, we've spoken about her in the past, someone who could be in for a big season. I think we actually did mention her as a bargain last week, so I'm going a bit bit back on my word, but someone who I'd probably be a bit wary of to start off with. Like, if I'm going for a birth glory defender, I'm probably investing a bit more in a Rigby, in a Faletta, possibly even an Anton. Yeah, no, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm just backing her because I used to go to school with her, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, just backing my fellow alumni. She's obviously <laughs> playing in the uh, A-Leagues and I am hosting a podcast about A-Leagues fantasy. So, you know, the a, a tale of two... I see you're both winning at life. <laughs> we are both absolutely thriving as... as exactly, exactly. Yeah. Good luck to you, Claudia. I hope she does, you know, maybe get some minutes this season for them. But uh, anyways, moving along to the premieres, Sydney FC. The reigning premiers, they have a lot of very, very interesting points, namely the uh, Matilda superstar, shall we call her now, Courtney Vine. Over 50% of players own her. Wowee. 
So I feel like she's one there that you kind of have to have in. Like, obviously, you could go for some differentials here and there, but Courtney Vine, you expect her to get some consistent points. And if she does have a big week, you know, you find yourself you know, flying behind all the others that do have her. Well, it's similar to, say, having Haaland in your team in Fantasy Premier League because suddenly, like, you can captain him, you get 20 points when he scores two goals, like he seems to do every week. And it doesn't hit the same because everyone else is getting those points as well. It feels like that's going to be the same with Courtney Vine. Um, I think it's not the same in the sense where I don't think she's going to skyrocket ahead of everyone in terms of stats. She will be up there with the best players in the league, but someone like Michelle Heyman won't be that far behind her in terms of points. So you could your money elsewhere. I find it really funny that she's cheaper than Riley Bayston, just to go back to that last conversation, but I'll move on from that real quick. I just thought that was really funny, but it's funny that um, if there's an aspect of Sydney that you can get some decent bargains in, their midfield. There's only one midfielder above 200k, and then you've got Shea Holman, Zara Kruger, Sienna Seveska. There's some players there that maybe were struggling to get minutes that aren't here, just about to unearth. Um, someone that could actually be filling in that midfield as well could be Indiana Dos Santos, but in this game, she's listed as a forward. So purely for that reason, I might avoid her a little bit because she's not going to, you're going to waste a forward spot on a midfielder. Unfortunately, it's how the game is. We're here to play the game. We're not here to, um, put up on our young players as much as that's what front page dubs for. Put it that way. But, um, you've got options like Shea Holman, Zara Kruger, Sienna Seveska at 165k could be a massive bargain. 2.7 points per game after only playing seven games last season as well. And Real's really starting to come into her own, and we've seen it in the past, even if it hasn't probably happened this quickly, but players going from Wanderers to Sydney FC and really excelling. She could be the next one. I don't know if she's going to do it this season, but if she does, that's a bargain there that you'd want to get on top of. It's a bargain I might even get on top of myself now that I'm seeing it in front of me, actually, because this is the first that I've realized, oh, shit, she's that cheap. But everywhere else at Sydney FC is really, really expensive, so... Like I said, you want players from the top teams in the league in your fantasy team, but it's really hard to find someone that you could fit in in terms of price. So if you're looking at anything, you maybe are looking at their midfield. Well, even potentially up front, obviously Madison Haley leaving a big, big hole there in the central position or the striking position for Sydney. They've brought in a couple of new signings, Shea Connors, Fiona Wartz, especially someone like Fiona Wartz who's priced at 224 k Obviously, she had a bit of a difficult season last time around, but maybe you know, in a Sydney side, you know, we're surrounded with maybe some more quality going forward. And if she gets the minutes, you know, maybe she could be a top scorer this season. It's funny actually because there's twelve percent of people that agree with you that she is that bargain for Sydney FC. Now, my argument with her would be: Will she get the minutes? We don't know how Sydney FC are going to line up this year because they've brought in. They're looking a bit lower midfielders, but. They do have four very, very quality attackers between Vine, Abini, Warts, and Connors. So there could be a change of formation where they are going to play a front two of um Connors and Warts, and Warts is going to be getting minutes week in, week out. But if they don't, and they're actually playing this 4-3-3, and Warts is just an impact player, suddenly that's 224k that you're putting um towards someone that's just going to start off the bench every weekend. She may be in a position where she can still score goals, but you do get points for the amount of minutes you play. So that's something that's going to hold you back there as well, no matter how good she does. Um, obviously, if she does get those starting minutes, she's in a side where she's going to get a plenty of service. And in a side like that, she is very much a poacher type of player, so she will score you goals. But it's one of those things where I'm not going to take that risk very early. I think there's, especially even in the Sydney team, there's probably other aspects that you can put your money towards. 
Definitely a maybe riskier pick to make there. As I did notice, even in preseason, she did feature on the bench, and I believe Connors was starting over her. So maybe one to... If they're playing that front three, then yeah, that's that. she's definitely not one you risk on. Like Connors will be their starting striker. Mm, so I, I think that one there, maybe one to monitor, as that could be a really, really good pick eventually, but maybe for now, Sable we'll steer clear. But then moving into the goalkeeper and defence department for Sydney, Jada Wyman is priced at three hundred, well, just under $370,000, the most expensive goalkeeper in the league at the moment. Then you have options like Natalie Toman, Charla McLean, Kirsty Fenton, all priced over $300,000. Obviously, Sydney is a team, again, we expect to finish at the top, keep clean sheets, but do you, you know, maybe spend those big bucks there, or do you maybe look otherwise for some cheaper options? Well, like I said at the start of the podcast, you can get points based on if the team does well and if there's a cheap option that you can go with instead of maybe a more expensive option, for example, Natalie Tobin and Charlotte McLean, they're in that 300k mark, even Kirsty Fenton, although she does provide a very good option going forward. But there's going to be one other defender in that back four, and it's either Anna Green or Tori Tumuth, who are both 165k each. Now, if you want a cheap defender that's going to get you clean sheet points week in, week out, one of those is your option. It's about who's going to have that starting spot. My guess is Tori Tumuth. You do have Margot Chauvet, that could make a case for herself, possibly. But looking at the player's history, I think Tori Tumuth will be that last starting defender, and that's a good investment. 165k for a starting centre-back at Sydney FC. That is a massive bargain, and not one that you'd be sleeping on. Uh, to back up your point there, she did, I believe, start in their preseason game too, so it does seem maybe she does have that position, and Hint, hint, a little bit later, I do currently have her in my team as well because that could be one of the biggest picks this season if she does sort of keep that spot for them. But anyways, now it's time to move over to Wellington, uh, a team that has finished on the bottom of the league for the first two seasons. Cody, do we maybe avoid them due to their history or can you see a rise for them this season and, you know, maybe pushing for finals? I think there's, look, they're a bit indifferent. They're one of those sides that their peak is probably pushing for that final spot, but their floor is having a really, really poor season and struggling to get off the foot of the ladder again. It's a tough one to take a risk on. You'd be gambling massively, but there's players in here that'll get you points. Um, best one that I can think of, for example, would be Grace Wisniewski. She's playing every game this season. She was averaging 7.1 points per game in a side that came last. Now, if... Wellington are able to do better. You can imagine Grace Wisniewski is going to be at the center of that. I'd be very surprised if she's dropping off in terms of points. So there could be a good investment there. Betsy Hassett's another one there as well. Uh, Kate Taylor, another one who could be picking you up points. I believe she will be moving into midfield this season, though. So in terms of a defender in, um, in a midfield role, she'll be, have more opportunity to maybe pick up more assists, possibly even more goals. I believe she could be, even be one of um, Wellington's penalty takers this year. So the set piece points that you can get there. A decent option for a defender. Uh, Michaela Foster as well, someone who's always involved with the play going forward. A lot of assists there. Uh, free kick taker too, I believe. So once again, set piece points you could be picking up. There's scope there for individual players to get your points. What I wouldn't do though is stack up on more than one. I think that's probably where I draw the line. But there's, I, I do like this Wellington Phoenix team. I think there's scope there for them to do well. It's not someone I'd invest in a lot, but um, there's the players there that could have an impact. And if you're going for a singular option that you can put in, if maybe two of your better sides are playing together and need someone just to fill in for a week, someone like Michaela Foster, Kate Taylor, or Grace Wisniewski could really be that option. Even Alyssa Winham, who at her best will be a Phoenix starting player, only 165k at the moment because she did have 
some time off last season, so we don't know how she's going to come back. But at her best, great option and a very big bargain right there. Quite a lot of interesting picks there. I, I noticed even in their defense, uh, they have a 14% of people pick Mackenzie Barry, for example. So it does seem they are relatively uh, popular this season. There's a quite a lot of interesting picks there that could be made of Wellington. Again, I'm probably a team that I'm you know, going to be at least avoiding to start the season just to see how they go. But coming back, they could be a good team to uh, look into and invest. Anyways, moving along now to Western Sydney and looking at them, they have a relatively cheap side. Like we have a couple players here and there that are you know, relatively expensive in Vicky Bruce. We have Amy Harrison, uh, Sophie Harding. Um, but obviously they're a team that maybe hasn't done the best in the past, Cody. Do you look to, again, like I think yeah, it's a very, very common theme, obviously, as we're doing every team, but yeah, it's, it's a side that's maybe you know, priced cheaply, hasn't done the well in the past, but maybe he's in for a big season. Do you see maybe some of these players stepping up to the plate and being a good investment? Well, it's funny. If you asked me this question this time last week, I'd be saying, yes, I think there's a few players that could be in for all right seasons. But I think one thing that's going to be interesting to see how it plays out is the, go- the coaching change, because now we don't know if there's going to be a new system being brought in. We don't know what place he's going to favor, who he rates, who he doesn't, who falls by the wayside. There's so many things you've got to now take into account. And also the fact of, are Wanderers going to be any good under him? Is he going to be able to get the best out of his players? Are they going to be able to perform at a level that's competitive in the A-League? And I do, I'd do. i be lying if I said I didn't have my concerns about that. So there's a few options in there. I know one person I did have my eye on at one stage was Bethany Gordon, 110 points, and was building towards the end of the season. So if she was able to carry that form over to this season, and she very well still could, someone that you do maybe keep an eye on, but it's hard to justify investing in any players when you don't know, one, if they're going to play consistently under the new coach, and two, if them or the team is going to play well under the new coach. So a lot to consider when it comes to the Wanderers. Unfortunately, like, look, this guy could come in, they could be doing very well, he could really turn the side around, but, you know, it's not something that you can justify spending on early. Definitely another team there that sort of does follow quite a common suit where maybe a team to avoid for the first couple of weeks reassess you know maybe if it you know a player is killing it or breaking out and that uh, player could be millie clegg i think someone who had a really good season at phoenix last year 250k if she can be one of those upper echelon forwards in the league for that price at the very least it's definitely someone maybe after you see how she goes at the start once again it's someone who you don't know if she's gonna how the new coach is gonna react to her if she's actually gonna be a starting player who i believe if it was under cat smith Maybe maybe she could have been, but you don't know how Robbie Hooker's going to look at her, unfortunately. Really click. There we go. There's a pick there for uh, the Western Sydney Wanderers. But now we're going to move on to the final team here, Western United. Obviously, last season premiers, but fell short at the final hurdle. Obviously, a team again that we expect to do well and push for the top of the top of the ladder. Sorry, um, and they are uh, you know represented that in fantasy to have some really really expensive players. Hannah Keane, the most or second most expensive player at four hundred four hundred ninety six thousand dollars. Cody, do you maybe go for Hannah Keane? I was seeing here she's pretty popular at the moment, fifteen percent. But obviously, with the amount of quality in other teams we've seen and discussed in their forward line, do you, can you justify maybe spending that much on Hannah Keane? Well, unfortunately, you only have room for one Courtney Vine, Michelle Heyman, or Hannah Keane. You're definitely not going to be able to get all three of them. Maybe if you work your side around, you could get two. And all I'm saying is we provided you with you guys with some very good bargains that may be able to help you do that. So 
yay us. But, um, no, look, Hannah Keen, it's definitely, if you're going to take the punt, definitely someone worth backing. Definitely not someone I'll tell you not to avoid. I would not tell you to avoid, sorry. Look, I'm pretty sure she got the golden boot last year as well. Like, this, like we're talking about the best striker in the competition. Michelle Heyman could have something to say about that this season, of course, but in terms of putting her in your team, of course you put her in your team. It's, it's, you'd be silly to avoid her, if anything. Like, I'm not saying you should go and pick her because there's other options that you can go for, but she's in that top two or three forward options in the competition. So definitely worth the investment. Along with her, there are a lot of other very, very popular picks at the moment in the game, especially in defense, Alana Cern and Natasha Dakic, who currently has 14% of picks. And then even in other areas like Grace Ma at $450,000, quite expensive for someone that's expected to play maybe a little bit deeper than in the midfield, but 12% of people pick her. Chloe Legazzo, she's someone, again, hint, I currently have in my team as I'm hoping she returns well. Um, obviously someone that just missed out on that Matildas team. 26% of players are picked up, which is very, very high as well. So do you maybe go for like maybe some of these other options? If Because I personally, again, hint, don't currently have Hannah Keane in my team, but I still want to have some of those Western United assets in my team. Obviously, they're going to be a top team. Um, look, if you're talking about the back line, they were very, they were structured very well at the back. Alana Cern was a massive part of that. So that's someone that you probably do go for. Someone at the back as well who I think is a big bargain. I reckon it's someone that you're hinting at the start of the episode. Alyssa Deloste. She's 155k. Yep. She's the one. Yeah, I had a feeling that's who you were talking about. That's why I wanted to bring it up. Someone who I think could be a massive bargain. 155k for a starting keeper. And someone who's in generally one of the better defenses in the competition. Not just that, but at an MPL level, it's similar. It's in a similar fashion to Correa Kino, who was up there with the best players in the MPL. And you do generally find that those players that are, are one of the top players in the MPL do at the very least have a very, very good season in the A-League. Alyssa Deloste, she's got massive gloves to fill in terms of replacing Hillary Bill, but she's performed well at that level for a number of years now. It's not like she's just broken out last season. So she's someone that could come in and not just be that starting keeper that gets you points because she's in a good team, but could get you points because she's just generally a very good footballer. So there's a lot of praise there, a lot of praise there for her just in general as a footballer, but also as a pick for your fantasy team. She's owned by... 8%. So it's not something that's definitely going under the radar at the moment. People are seeing that as an opportunity and it's a good opportunity. I think she's someone that for that price, you get in straight away because you know she's going to have a very good season. She's in the side that's going to have a very good season. There's a lot of potential there for a lot of points. I think the thing that really won me over there, I was, was having a look at their, you know, some of their friendly games and she has been in fact starting there and there hasn't obviously been any other signings. So I think everything points to her starting this season. And like you said, you know, she's going to be racking up points just because of the fact that Western United just have such a good defense and she's going to get those points. So definitely one of the best picks, maybe of the whole game, I'm thinking of her. $155,000 for the starting keeper of Western United. I think you really can't go wrong there. But That's when you said it there, the starting keeper of Western United, that should say enough about her ability. And then you look at her price. It's almost a no-brainer. I'm surprised it's not hot. her ownership isn't higher, in all honesty. I think it's definitely something. After this podcast goes up, we're going to see that rising, though. Don't you worry about that, Cody. <laughs> and so many people tune in. And really, if you want to understand who to pick in your fantasy team, I think we're providing pretty good guidance here, which, to be fair, is our job. I think we've, we've made some pretty good picks here. And now it's time to, I guess, truly reveal our picks, Cody. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to, or, or would you like me to go first in terms of review? I reckon you take it away first. You take it away first, okay. mate. All right. 
Wow, the pressure's on here. Well, so this is my team for the season at the moment. Um, I think like probably many other people, I am very, very prone of picking a team, then just completely and utterly just reshaping it because, oh my God, I want to get this person on my team now. Then you just got to completely reshuffle everything. So it's maybe not absolutely final, but for now it is. So like I've hinted at, Alyssa Dalosti. Dalosti, I think it is. Dalosti. There we go. I, I'm, I'm so bad at pronouncing names, but I'm sure I'll get better with her because I'm hoping she's going to be my send forget this season. So I have her as my signing keeper and, of course, Natalie Pichak as the backup keeper there. So if she misses, she steps in her. In defense, I have Natalie Tobin, Rebecca Stott, Jessica Natch, Tori Tumuth, and Emma Checker. In the midfield, I have Vesna. All right, we'll go for it a second time here. Vesna Milovojevic. Milovojevic. That um, J is silent. That makes, cause I'm like, there's no way that, <laughs> I'm like, there's no, like, that's too hard then. Alright. Oh my god. Well, there we go. I have her in there. I have Hannah Lowry, Chloe Legazzo, Daniela Galich, and Katie Bowler. And then my front three is Corny Vine, Holly McNamara, and of course, my favorite, Korea Aquino. What about you, Cody? Um, I've got to make an adjustment because I thought I put someone in that I hadn't, but I can remember that off the top of my head. So that's okay. Look, my goalkeepers, I've managed to find, because I've found so many bargains, I've managed to splash the cash on a few. I've treated myself a little bit. So I do have Alyssa Deloste. Also got Lydia Williams. So one pricey, one not. Managed to find some good balance there. At the back, I've got Natasha Rigby. Like I said, I wanted to invest in a Perth defender. That's my pick. That's probably the best one I could afford. Alana Cernay, obviously got to have a Western United defender in there. And I said the same thing about Melbourne Victory. I've gone with Jamila Rankin. Uh... Kayla Morrison was the price pick there, but Jamila Rankin, clean sheet points, good going forward, definitely a smart pick there. And like I said, with the Sydney FC, you need someone from Sydney FC's defense in there as well. And I've gone with Tori Tumuth. And one that I'm spewing I didn't mention earlier, actually, Rebecca Stott, coming back to the league, listed as a defender, probably as a natural center back as well, could step into midfield for Melbourne City and get points in there in that area of the pitch. Mm. Um, so I've, I've gone for her there as well, just as a safe bet, just in case. You know, she's able to have a good, to so come in and have a really effective season. In the middle, someone that I've only just added in now, another Melbourne Victory player, Beatty Goad. Mm. Um, very good when she was playing last season. Definitely an underrated pick, at least in my point of view. A little bit pricey, but with some of my other picks, I have been able to afford to splash the cash. Um, the other pricey pick I've gone with was Vesna Milovojevic. Um, definitely someone who I think is going to pick up a lot of points at Can- Canberra side that will do very well this season. Daniela Galic in there as well, someone who I rate very highly. I've said it on more than one occasion. She will be the first Australian to win a Ballon d'Or. Um, very high price. Like that's a big call. I know. <laughs> um, I've gone. Um, I've got Katie Bowler listed here right now, but I'm changing that to Amelia Murray because I do think Amelia Murray will be a little bit more effective than Katie Bowler this season. They're both fantastic players, but I only have room for one, unfortunately, because my last spot is taken out by Sienna Saveska, given the number ten jersey at Sydney FC this year. One that I'm probably going to start on the bench in round one, though just simply because I don't know if she's actually going to come in and be a starting player. So I'm keeping her there in case her stocks go up. But if she doesn't, I do have the funds to put my money elsewhere. Um, my three forwards, Correo Aquino, of course, bargain buy. No chance I'm missing out on that one. And because I've got a bit of money up my sleeve, I've got a bit of a fancy front line of Michelle Heyman and Holly McNamara. What? Now, I've managed to fit both Heyman and Milivojevic in, which I didn't think I'd be able to do, but I have done. And I've got two two strikers there, two forwards there, three forwards there, actually, who I think will score a lot of goals this year. So 
I'm, all I'm saying is I am very, very confident about my fantasy chances this season. Oh, same here, Cody. Same here. And, and, and I think I really ran into the problem where I felt like I almost had too much money points because I just love bargain picks so much. I'd basically do my draft, put in all the best bargain picks, and I'm like, wait, I have, you know, this much money I can put on, you know, a really, really big score here. So I think that's my problem. I, I like that, though, because you can find those balance between your star players and those underrated players. So it tests you out a little bit, but also gives you the opportunity to make sure, like for those newer fans as well, that you can have, you still have your favorite players in the game. So I, I do like that in, in some respect. That's why it's good to listen to podcasts like this. You can get the the big scoops from, you know, mainly Cody, I'll, I'll admit. I'm probably not there yet, but Cody especially, you know, will give you some of those great picks. And then you, you can have all your favorite, you know, Matilda stars like Cordy Vine in there to uh, sort of round out your attack. But uh, actually, on top of that as well, who are you captaining for the first week? Um, To start off with, I'm probably going to go with Michelle Heyman. Um, not, I'm not thinking too detailed about which striker is going to score the most goals this year. I just think generally out of my team, she's probably going to get me the most points in general. So just to start off with, she'll be my captain. And then I'll probably start looking a bit more intricately at who I captain each week. Fair enough. Fair enough. And me personally, I'm going for Courtney Vine in the Sydney Derby. I, I think she's just going to. That's a safe bet. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident there. I, I think she's going to ball out. Um, but. Obviously, we'll see. I have Holly McNamara as my vice-captain, just in case. But, uh, yeah, well, that might just be about all. Wow, what an episode. I'm not sure exactly how long this is, has been going for, so hopefully this wasn't too long. But, Cody, did you have a lot of fun? I had a lot of fun going through all the teams and sort of previewing into the season. Talking about football is always fun. Like, that's... The new season's coming, and like I said at the start of the episode, it, well, I'm stoked. Like This is the time of the year you look forward to. I've done so much work around it already between FPS on my own platforms and even other stuff, talking tillies, of course. We have an episode coming out on Wednesday, but um, and obviously Front Page Dub will be out later this week too, so a lot of stuff coming out um, preparation for the new season, and particularly with Front Page Football as well. Keep an eye on our socials. We'll be having a lot of posts go up in relation to the new season coming up. And if you're, if you have an A-League women's game in your city, get down to it. Um, Melbourne Victor, I believe, could be free entry. I've got to uh, fact check that, of, that of course, but if it's not free entry, at the very least is very, very cheap. Um, Sydney obviously have a game. Gosford have a game. Perth have a game. There's games everywhere. Get out and support the dub. Come on. Get out there, everyone. But, uh, yeah. And also reinstate as well, following on the socials. I'm going to probably you know, make sure to put up some more posts about if you want to join our league, you absolutely can. Um, I'll give the code there. I'll put it up on Twitter. I'll put it on probably Reddit as well, wherever. I'm going to make sure everyone can join this league this season as, again, we're not entirely sure on what we're going to do for prize winners and whatnot. We're thinking maybe some gifts or I don't know. We'll see. We'll figure it out. We're not going to promise anything just yet, but uh, I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing. And and that's obviously assuming that I don't win it, which is probably what's going to happen. But anyways, we'll obviously see. I don't know. Yeah, um, tickets on yourself, mate. <laughs> I don't want to big myself up yet, but... I, <laughs> I mean, you are meant to be the expert. You're meant to be the person to be right now, so... I'm, I'm just thinking, like, there's a very um, easy chance someone could, you know, basically listen to my team there, copy every single person, they play the exact same way the whole season, and maybe they make one different choice, and if that one choice pays off and they win, that would be... You know, honestly, I don't kind of respect it. Kind you can't respect, respect the grind. Revealing our team probably wasn't necessarily the best idea but 
you know what? Oh well, I I, I just I just love telling you. You live and you learn. You live and you learn. I, I, I just love just flexing my big brain and saying, "Hey, look at my team! Oh my god, I'm so smart!" You know, I I just it's my favorite thing to do, <laughs> as I'm sure it is for you too, Cody. But uh, yeah, I think that's about all. Thank you all for listening in on another episode. Next week, I'm going to be putting out a basically an identical episode for the A League Men's where I'll be joined by hopefully Cody and maybe a few others. We'll see what I can pull out. Um, and, yeah, I'm uh, buzzing for that as well. So, yeah, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Heading into the season, super excited. Uh, anything else from you, Cody? Uh, no, look, thanks again for having me on again, of course. Um, looking forward to the new season. And, like I said before, back to dub. Great competition. Get behind it. Beautiful. Well, that's it. Thank you all for listening. And stay tuned for another time or something. I don't, I don't know how to do an outro. Here we go. Boom. <laughs>